This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This is Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. It's time to awaken an entire nation. I'll be your dog till I die. Between the hedges, look at fly. 90,000 in the stands, I'ma do my dance, make it look fine. Coach, put me in the game. UGA, yeah, the name. Yeah, the offense gon' turn up, but the defense gon' win us the game. Here's your host, Corey Burton. Happy Friday, everybody. It is the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcasting network for professionals. It is Mississippi State week, uh, and tomorrow the dogs kick off against the other Bulldogs from the West. That game will kick off at at 6.30 p.m. Central Time. Uh, DJ Shockley it will actually be in the booth um, for the SEC Network team. So uh, looking at a 25-point uh favorite as uh, as UGA as the as the real dogs uh welcome in Mississippi State who's dealing with some covid issues we'll get into that here in a little bit you can find us on twitter at believe in dogs you can also find us on instagram and facebook with the same name um also uh you can find israel at troopstar28 on twitter and instagram you can find me at coach burton36 on twitter and you can find me also on instagram at burton Dot Corey. You can find my other shows, uh, the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast, and uh, a brand new show that's going to launch here pretty soon, here in the near future, uh, co- a show called Coaching Chatter. So uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll get those we'll get that one off the ground here in the very very near future. So uh, a lot of things going on. Uh, Want to welcome, as always, my co-host Israel. What's up, man? Israel Troop, what's going on, bud? What's going on, man? What's going on? Just looking forward to, to finally some SEC football. Finally this weekend. I was a little bored last weekend, but now the SEC's back. Um, so hopefully we get to see some great games this weekend. Yeah, we had to resort to Big Ten and Pac-12 football last week. Man, it was, week. It, was, it, was, it was hard to watch. It was hard to watch. Yeah, especially if you're a Michigan fan. It's really hard to watch. <laughs> but uh, shows brought to you by betonline.ag. The college and NFL season is in full swing. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. 
And from game spreads and totals to team and player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. There's always the online casino as well. That never closes. So head to BetOnline.ag today. Take full advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag and sign up today. Some of the uh, some of the more notable uh, lines here in uh, in college football. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll make a couple of picks from outside the conference. Um, looking at what we got here um, looks like Tulane and Tulsa. If you want to play that game tonight, um, Tulsa is actually five and a half point favorites. They've made quite a run. Um, another game that stands out to me is uh, Minnesota Purdue. That's pretty much a pick 'em. Purdue is two and a half point favorites after their loss last week to uh, Northwestern. Indiana, Ohio State. Here's an interesting one. Uh, Indiana is 20 and a half point dogs. Do you buy that? Man, I don't know. Um, I'm going to have to wait till tomorrow on that one to actually, or this weekend, I can make my pick because, I mean, Indiana's playing some great football, so 20 points is a lot. Although, you know, you can't count out Justin Fields in that offense as well. So I'm, I'm going to have to wait and see how that one shakes out uh, later on this week. Absolutely. And uh, Wisconsin and Northwestern, Wisconsin is seven point favorites in that matchup. Uh, what do you? How do you see that one? I like Wisconsin. You know, I, I like what they're doing. Um, they got a they got a nice balance of using those tight ends. Man, they do a great job of using tight ends. If I'm a tight end, I'm looking at going to Wisconsin because they use them all the time. Not just run blocking, they actually throw to them. Um, so they've got a great balance attack right now. And after what they did to Michigan, not saying Michigan's Michigan, you know, but they look really good against Michigan. Though um, I like them over Northwestern. Yeah, I do too. Northwestern is very explosive on offense, but I think Jimmy Leonard is uh, one of the uh, nice up-and-coming defensive coordinators. He might not be at Wisconsin next year. He might be uh, head coaching somewhere, leading his own program uh, somewhere in the Big Ten, I bet. Um, Speaking of Michigan, uh, they're only 10.5-point favorites over Rutgers. If you were to look at this line a year ago, that's probably in the 30s in Michigan's favor. Uh, But the fact that Rutgers is a little bit better and Michigan is pretty much downright pitiful, um, that one stood out to me. I mean, obviously, I would probably pick. Obviously, with with the way Rutgers is now, I don't know if they can cover that. But I don't know. I don't know how that one shakes out. I have to think about that one. I'm not thinking about that one too. After watching after watching Michigan last week and the week prior, and especially when they play uh, Michigan State, who got monkey stomped by Iowa. Um, I think uh, Rutgers going to give them a, a run for the money. I think I, I actually think ten points is, is a little bit generous, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's very generous. And so, um, you might have just talked me into taking Rutgers. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, we talked NFL. Um, let's let's say I'm, I'm going to choose the uh, Rams Bucks game. Uh, the Bucks are still four four point favorites. I might be inclined to take the Rams. The Rams are playing really good football right now. Mm. The but I think the Bucks were a little bit butt hurt after that that whooping they took from the Saints. So I, um, the Rams are struggling a little bit um, offensively, and I don't know. I, I'm having a tough one, but I think I'm gonna go with the Bucks. I can't I can't knock out uh, Tom Brady, especially after the demoralizing loss that they had against the Saints. I don't think he's gonna let that happen again. Absolutely. So that one will be interesting. I'll, I'll take the Rams. You take the Bucks, and we'll see kind of where where it shakes out, right? <laughs> Um, so that's betonline.ag again. Uh, make sure you go there. Uh, make some bets. Uh, a lot of a lot of interesting lines. Uh, there's some 
there's some game props and stuff that I'm not really going to get into, but um, there's some interesting things on there as well. I, I went on there uh, the other night and played some blackjack and actually uh, went on a went on a pretty good run before I came back down to the pack. I still finished five dollars north of what I started with, so um, after about an hour, so pretty good entertainment and didn't lose any money. So yeah, I'll take it. Get right, get it going. Get it going. I'm having I'm having pretty good success with with, with our bets that's going on on there. So um, I, I like the way they do it. They make it pretty easy for you. You know, you get to choose which bet you want to take. Do you want to take the over under? Do you want to take uh, the outright? You know, stuff like that. So I, I love the way that they have it set up. It makes it easy for you. And, yeah. You know, and it's it's pretty much done for you. Yeah, and you can you can actually parlay the same game. I've done that before, where I take uh, where I take an outright. Uh, or I take a I take a winner and a over under and, and I've part I've done a, like a two part parlay on it and um I won I'm like one and one on those parlays. There was one where I won the game but didn't win the didn't win the over under. The the game went just barely over, but the team that was uh I picked the favorite and they and they covered the spread but the game went over, so um uh, so I took yes. the, I t- it it was the Bills like a long time ago. I think they were playing yes. the Jets that I took the Bigger. under. They got me in the coast of Carolina. Um, I forget who they were playing. They got me like that too, and it canceled the bet because it went over. I was like, "Oh, they won. They covered the spread, but they it went over." I was like, "You've got to be kidding!" Yeah. So I guess the uh, I guess the lesson is always take coastal in the over. So um, exactly. But uh, interesting matchup this weekend. The JT Daniels era starts uh, for the Georgia Bulldogs, and uh, for for dog fans, hopefully it continues. Um, but uh, they welcome in the Mississippi State Bulldogs, the Bulldogs of the West. This is dogs versus dogs, and depending on how you spell it, we'll, we'll tell you who you think will probably win that game or which side of the fence you're on. But um, JT Daniels, we talked about him uh, a little bit. What What is the key for him? Uh, what, 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 what are we measuring as a key to success for, for JT Daniels? This, I mean, this is probably the first competitive snap he's took in a year and a half probably. I'm looking at how he manages the offense, you know. Um, I'm looking at that and what, what happens when he takes that first lick because, you know, they'll, they'll get pressure on him at some point. Um, we're hoping not, but, you know, it's football. So, you know, they'll eventually get one through. So that's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at how does he manage the offense? You know, does the offense keep rolling? Um, can he make some plays with his legs? Can he make some plays with his arms? You know, and just how he manages the football game. You know, does, does he get too high? Does he get too low? You know, does he get frustrated? You know, and. Just little things, you know, like as you and I being coordinators, things that we look at from a quarterback standpoint. Just how can you manage the football game? Um, you know, can you make the throws uh, that you need to make? You know, just just basically just manage the football game. How can he do that? You know, after being out for so long. Absolutely, and and I think you know managing the game, taking care of the football, and I'll be I'll be kind of curious to see how much more of the offense opens up with JT Daniels because he's got more of a live arm. And Monkin's done a great job of scheming these wide receivers open. We just hadn't been able to hit them either, uh, lack of arm strength or too much arm strength, or just not quite on the, not quite on the mark with uh, with a lot of our deep throws. And and maybe with with JT Daniels, who has probably the strongest arm of the bunch, uh, that that opens up some of the deep shots that Todd Monkin really wants to take. And I'll be interested if we can hit a few of those and make our offense even more explosive. That might open up a new a new dimension for us. Uh, you know. Obviously, too little, too late at this point. But you know, given the circumstances of what's going on with JT Daniels, you know, you hope that he just succeeds and, and he's able to finish out this uh, this season, and we can finish out on a strong note. So, I'll be interested to see if anything anything different opens up 
uh, with JT Daniels and if he can shake off the rust early and take care of the football. So that'll be kind of what I'm looking at. And if we can open up a new dimension of the offense, I would consider that a success. Mm-hmm. And then we're playing against Mississippi State, who, who's not who's not bad. You know, so th- I think this is a good game for him to come in and, you know, get his feet wet. You know, it's not like he's going against an Alabama or Florida, you know, who you know who's going to heat you up and stuff like that. So I think it's a good game to get his feet wet, you know, see how he – See how he's hand, how he handles the game, how he handles the atmosphere. You know, the one good thing that's happened with COVID, um, and it's one only good thing, is that you don't have to worry about the crowd. You know, the right. crowd noise, especially if you're a new guy starting at for an offense. You know, or a freshman starting out. You know, you don't have to worry about the crowd noise anymore. You know, you, now you're just going out there and playing ball. You know, so um, you know you don't have to worry about that distraction anymore. So. I'm, I'm interested just to see, you know, how he comes out. You know, does, does he have a little pep in his step when he comes out? You know, a little swagger when he comes out to let him know, hey, got him ready. Let's go. Let's go to work. Absolutely. So um, he'll have a, a host of uh, weapons to uh, to contend with. Uh, looks like, you know, do we get George Pickens back this week? Man, I hadn't heard anything. They they, they kept that one on the hush. Um, I hadn't heard anything about him coming back. So. Uh, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. I hope he does come back because I think that's one dimension that we're losing um, because people are starting to key on the Jermaine Burton and, and Kyrgios Johnson because he's not over there, you know. So right. uh, when you lose a big-time receiver like like George Pickens, you know, you just got to – the other guys have to step up, yeah, but you start to realize that, okay, he's the guy, so we, we've got to get him back. Exactly, and I think that'll be uh, something that you know that'll be a welcome addition for uh, JT Daniels. Have a solid rock over there as your number one, and you can get back to having uh, Pickens and and Kiaris as your as your main two targets with Jermaine Burton and the tight ends kind of playing ancillary roles. I I think with all the injuries that we have at the wide receiver spot and all the unproven uh, deals that we're going to have to get creative with with the tight end position and and get creative with with James Cook too as well and, and how we use him in the pass game. So. And they've done a and and Monka's done a tremendous job so far of using James Cook in the past game and opening up explosive opportunities for him. Uh, it was too bad that we couldn't finish off that one against Kentucky, um, but I I think maybe uh, with a taller, slightly taller quarterback and one with a more live arm, maybe we finish that drive. I I don't know. I mean I, I don't want to play the if ands or you know would have could have should have game, but. You know, I, I think just opening up those opportunities will, uh, you know, hopefully we'll start to connect on those. And, and I think getting creative with personnel, I think, is something Todd Monken is is starting to do. Um, and he's starting to, you know, he's starting to figure out that that's what he's going to have to do this year because some guys are emerging. Arian Smith is is beat up. He's not quite ready to jump in the mix, but I think he's I think he's finally recovered and he might get in late in the late in the season uh, after having that uh, shoulder injury. Uh, at the at the beginning of camp and, and missing uh, the entire season, Marcus Rosemi obviously that one hurt. Um, Jermaine Burton is emerging as a playmaker. He's got to be more consistent. Uh, Matt Landers has just got to show up, man. He's a he's a big tall target. Uh, there's no excuse to why he can't be somebody that that's a chain mover. Uh, that's a big target to throw to, and, and there's no reason that he can't. You know what what do you see from Matt Landers? Like why has he not had a a, a better career than than he has? I mean, I think it's just between the ears uh, with him, you know. Um, he reminds me of myself, you know. I, I was a turd when I was in college, you know. Um, I thought I knew everything and stuff, and I got a rude awakening real fast. So, um, you know, it's just kind of – you got to make up in your mind, you know, that you're going to listen to the coaches and, you know, do what they say. Because, you know, he's, what, 6'3", six, 6'5", six, something like that. You know, yeah. there's no reason for him to be, you know, sitting on the bench or, you know, just in for mediocre roles. So, 
I think for him, you know, he's just got to make up in his mind that, okay, I'm at the University of Georgia. You know, it's time for me to step up and make a play. Um, he's just a junior, right? So, I mean, he has yeah. another year. Yeah. Um, actually, he has two more years because nobody's getting penalized this year. So, I think he just got to make up in his mind that, you know, hey, it's time for me to start making plays and be the guy that they brought me in here to be. Exactly. And he's just got to just got to do it. You know, just got to have that one or two plays that just gets him back on the right track. And uh, for you, definitely, uh, it was that 2009 uh, play against Auburn. That was probably uh, one of those that just made you realize, hey, okay, I'm, you know, this thing, this game ain't so hard, is it? Um, yeah, it's not so hard. You make it hard on yourself when, you, when you're a turd and you don't do what you're supposed to do. So um, that's what I tell my guys now. You know, I, I've been there. You know, I, I came in with high expectations, you know, and then I started, you know, as they say, started feeling myself a little bit, started not listening and, not doing what I'm supposed to do. So, you know, it kind of showed, you know, later on in my career, then my senior year, I got hurt. So it was a little bit too late. Um, so um, just, just for him, you know, you got two more years to, you know, it's time to step it up, you know, especially with uh, Pickens being out, you know, I, I've been chomping at the bit to try to get in and make plays and show coaches, Hey, this is what you brought me here to do. And I'm ready to go. So he just got to make up in his mind that he's the guy, you know, and, and the coaches are counting on him to do what he's supposed to do. So, you know, that's on him. That's something that he's going to have to make up in his mind himself and help those guys out. Absolutely. And uh, for for Mississippi State on, on their side of the ball, uh, defensively, they're actually better than they seem. Uh, they have mm-hmm. two big playmakers, Marcus Murphy and Nathan Pickering, are the two uh, notable uh, Bulldog, defend, uh, Bulldog defenders for Mississippi State. Um, they have opted out. Um so what's that going to do to the defense? Like, does that make, you know, you have your two biggest playmakers opting out. Um, how bad does that screw up a defense? I think it does. You know, these are guys that you're counting on throughout the season and all of a sudden halfway through or um, for a lot of teams, not right now, halfway through guys are opting out, getting ready for NFL. So I feel like if you're going to make that decision, that decision has to be made at the end of the season. Um, like a lot of other players have made. So, um, right now, you know, it kind of puts them in a bind. You know, it puts your defensive coordinator in a bind saying, all right, now who am I going to put out there? And it puts a bind on those young players right now saying, hey, you got to step up right now. You know, guys who weren't expecting to play, you got to step up and play right now. You got to grow fast. Um, exactly. And that, that's the great thing about football. You know, it, it, it makes a man out of you. Mm-hmm. Um, it teaches you life lessons that, hey, you got to grow up now. It's time to go to work. You know, so it's going to be interesting to see, you know, who they put out there and can they actually keep it going. Um, the way that defensive coordinator wants them to go. Yeah, I mean they have uh, they have 14 sacks on on the season. Um, they they're tied for fourth most in the conference. That's kind of what they hang their hat on. They also have six interceptions and six fumble recoveries. So um, they're a boomer bust type defense. It looks like, and you know, watching them play in, in a few limited opportunities that we have gotten to watch them play, they they do create those. Uh, they do create what Kirby Smart likes to call havoc. And so, you know, you got to contend with that. And you really got to be on point um, and you really got to, you know, protect well, uh, put the ball in the right spots, things like that, because they'll make you pay. And uh, you mm-hmm. know, they they, uh, they they can they can definitely do that. So, um, you know, Marquis Spencer uh, set 26 tackles, seven resulting in a loss. Uh, he's second on the team with two and a half sacks. Errol Thompson is the best tackler on the team. He has 57 uh, tied for seventh best in the SEC. So the playmakers that are there um, are are still making plays. So, you know, maybe maybe they'll miss them, maybe they won't. I don't know. Um, but then again, can Georgia take advantage of the flip side of, of having a Havoc-based defense, which is, you know, you, you 
you go in for these big plays, but you, you're also leaving yourself wide open uh, for, for the counterpunch. Most definitely. I think well, this game is going to be one in the trenches. Their defensive line is pretty sporty. Um, I, I've watched them. Um, they, they come off the football. You know, they're very violent. Um, but that's a good thing about having an offensive line, an experienced offensive line for us. You know, we've seen it before. You know, we've already played Alabama and Florida, who have very good defensive lines as well. So, um, I think this is just another test for us. You know, can we move the football? Um, Coach Munkin, can he put us in the right situations at times? And um, can uh, Daniels deliver the football? So, um, for me, it's just, it's just making sure that those guys know what to do, uh, know what they're seeing and stuff like that. So, just little things. It's all about execution pretty much this weekend. You know, we've had two weeks off. Um, the guys should be mentally prepared for this game. Um, you know, they, they got a mental week last week. And kudos to um, Coach Smart for, let, for letting them off. And, you know, just being like, hey, get your mind right, you know, for the rest of the season. So, hopefully, you know, that helped and they go out there and play ball. No doubt. And uh, th- I think that's just really what it, what it comes down to is execution. I think if we execute well, um, we've got enough experience to be able to handle some of those things. So, um, that'll be that'll be something interesting to, as the JT Daniels era kicks off. Um, on the flip side for Mississippi State, offensively, uh, KJ Costello, uh, very up and down. Uh, in, in this air rate offense, uh, one of the biggest headlines for Mississippi State was Kate was Kylan Hill opting out after just three games. He gets hurt and says, "Yeah, I'm not really going to run the ball much here at Mississippi State, so I'm just going to go ahead and opt out." So that leaves true freshman Jaquavius Marks as the team's leading rusher. He's only got 131 yards. That's not real shocking considering uh, the the offensive philosophy that Mike Leach brings. But you know, for this for this offense, who's trying desperately to find some answers, they do have some playmakers. Uh, Javante Payton, who played at uh, our rival high school, uh, Hillsboro. Uh, he he went the junior college route out of high school and then then ended up at Mississippi State. He's extremely talented. He was a he was a pain in our ass uh, when he was at Hillsboro. Um, he is uh, him and Osiris Mitchell are two great standout wide receivers. You got to try to find a way to defend them. Uh, do, does does Kirby Smart do what most of the league has done so far in limiting Mississippi State, where they just drop back in zone and, and try to get a little bit of pressure and just take away some of these windows, or do they try to go man and and, and try to try to do what try to do what we do? I I think you I think you you mix it up. You know, you show them some. You show press and then you back off. I think you show blitz and then you back off and you drop eight, you know, and let, let your, your boys up front go to work um, because their offensive line doesn't look very good to me. Um, and I think our defensive line is way better than them. So um, I think you just mix it up. You know, you bring it when you need to. Uh, you drop back and play zone uh, when you have to because I think that that's what we need to work on. We need to work on zone coverages because that's what killed us against Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, guys that know where to drop in zone, uh, you got – um, they, they actually showed a play uh, last night when I was watching uh, the Matt conference play where um, they sent Tony in motion and nobody covered the tight end. And that's why they hit the wheel route to the tight end, mm-hmm. uh, number 89 for Florida. So, you know, you just got to mix it up. Um, you can't you can't just send pressure all the time and expect those guys to play man, uh, although they're very good on the back end, you know, but we're still a little bit inexperienced on the back end. So I think you build confidence this week in letting them just go out there and play ball, you know, and just mix up your coverages, mix up your blitzes. Um, just give them something different to look at every single time. Yeah, I mean that's a great that's a great answer there. I mean I think it works on you know the the 
the where we lack in the secondary is not talent uh, because we got extremely talented guys back there. It's it's the where the experience comes into play is the communication and being able to deal with motion as it unfolds, and that's where we miss Richard LeCount dearly uh, because he's able to get that back end sorted out. And I think if I think if he's playing um, in that game, then you know that wheel route probably doesn't hit nine times. They might hit it twice. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Before we get it sorted out, but th- but then I, I think that would be all. Um, either he would come over and kill the running back, or or he would he would probably check us into a, a, a better coverage uh, for mm-hmm. the for the situation. So you know, just the communication piece of it. You no, know, you've had two weeks now to work the work the communication aspect of it. Maybe work some more zone. That I think I think sprinkling a more zone helps your inexperienced. Uh, secondary guys, uh, because it gives them, hey, you just cover this area, you watch for this, this, and this, and then you just you just got to communicate. And, and I think that if they do that, you know, they can they can make things uh, they can make things difficult for uh, for this bulldog offense. But you know, KJ Costello, Will Rogers, um, you know, the quarterback battle there at Mississippi State. Don't count out Will Rogers. He's completed seventy, almost set. I'll call it seventy two, seventy one point six, but I'll call it seventy two percent. And Costello's completed 65%, so it's not like he's a slouch. But I, I think Costello's been a little bit more careless with the ball um, and, and Rodgers. So um, it's it's going to be a two-quarterback system right now until he can find one. He's got to find his Gardner Minshew, his Graham Harrell, his Cliff Kingsbury, his uh, Tim Couch. I'm trying to think of all – I'm trying to run down all the most successful uh, leech guys. But uh, the most recent, obviously, uh, would be Gardner Minshew. But, um, so he's, he's got to find that guy. Um, and he's got he's just got to get some you know get some players in here that can create mismatches um, things like that you know small quick guys in the slots you know some some bigger guys outside maybe that find that Michael Crabtree type receiver uh, mm-hmm. you know Cyrus Mitchell is you know is trying to be that guy but I, I think that Leach just needs to go out and and find a guy with a chip on his shoulder um, that didn't get the offers that he wanted and and be that you know, be that Michael Crabtree guy that he had at Texas well, Tech with, with Graham Harrell. Mississippi State is definitely a, a pass-friendly school. If I'm a skill guy and I see Mike Leach is now in the SEC, I'm going to want to I'm going to want to look at Mississippi State. You know, because you know eventually he's going to get it rolling. You know, once he gets his guys that he wants in there and they have a couple of good recruiting classes, I think Mississippi State's going to be really good. Um, so, like you said, it's just just about finding those playmakers. You know, a lot of those young guys, like I said earlier, they've got to step up and be playmakers. You know, you got to you got to grow up fast in this league and the SEC's tough. Um, so if you're not ready for it, then you need to go to the Pac-12 or something, you know. So, big 12. You know, you're going to play big <laughs> – you're going to – big 12, that's it, big 12 or Pac-12 or whatever they call it now. Um, but you got you just got to be ready to play at any point. Um, so whether you're a freshman, redshirt, freshman, doesn't matter. You got to be ready to roll at any point because you never know when your number is going to be called. And right now Mississippi State has a lot of guys. Um, they're Right now they're a me team. There's a lot of guys that's thinking me, 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 me. And I was so proud of Rich LeCount coming out and saying that, hey, I'm not opting out. You know, I'll be back. You know, and that's one thing that, that I love about his play. You know, he, he's a leader. And, and, it's, and it's showing even though he's not able to physically go, you know, just his presence being there, those guys feel it. He's helping out and stuff like that. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's great to see. And I think Mississippi State will get there. It's just the point of finding those guys who will help you get there. Yeah, it's finding the right fit. I mean, Mike Leach's offense is so specific. I mean, it seems so very simple, but it's really not, you know, because you know, evaluating the quarterback position uh, and, and how you have to play in Mike Leach's system, it's the the system is simple, but within each concept, 
has specific routes designed to be like if you play a heavy cover cover sixteen. Well, you know, in, in your Y cross pattern, you're, you you know you you might hit you know one route. You might hit the 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 trailing dig, or you might hit the front side comeback, or you know when when you have mesh, you know you're gonna hit you're gonna come down to the mesh against man to man. You're probably gonna hit some of these uh, spot routes uh, versus zone. And if a quarterback can't pr- uh, read progress or read through his progressions. I should say, uh, as he's dropping back and looking at as it unfolds, then you're going to struggle. And I think for Costello and, and Rogers right now, everything's just moving so fast, and, and they can't mm-hmm. they can't get through their reads, and they can't diagnose the coverage and, and understand and have a full understanding of okay, we get this, we get this look, the ball's going here. That's what Gardner Minshew did a great job of doing at Washington State. That's what uh, Luke Falk did a great job at. Of at Washington State, this is Graham Harrell, Cliff Kingsbury, uh, B.J. Simmons. You know all, all the all the long list of of guys. They were good at seeing the game unfold, and they were good mm-hmm. at, at reading through their progressions and knowing how to do it quickly. Because you know, obviously, you're you're going to be in a lot of five man protection. So, I mean, you, you've got to know pre snap, and, and all those guys are great pre snap. It's it's serving Minshew pretty well in the NFL. Um, although he's he's been out with uh, with thumb injury, uh, but you know it's it's just a specific type of skill set, you know accuracy and ability to read um, is really all that Mike Leach looks for. And so once he yeah. gets that guy, um, you know you can have receivers that also need to understand how coverages work and where the holes are going to be. And and not every receiver understands that. I think that's a I think that's a misconception. Not not everybody fits into the air raid system, uh, which mm-hmm. see it, it seems on the surface it seems like. You know, that doesn't make sense. Like it's just very simple stuff. You just run these routes and, and you're good. But it, it goes more than that. It goes it goes beyond that. It goes like uh, it. You know, you have to pretty much be a quarterback at receiver uh, to understand how coverages work and understand where you need to be and how you need to adjust your route. Because a lot of stuff is like choice routes. You know, you know maybe maybe you adjust your dig. Uh, based on th- whatever type of coverage you got, or m- maybe you know the 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 mesh becomes a you know double double cross sit route. You know if it's if it's mm-hmm. uh, if it's like a cover three or 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 cover two or cover four really. Yeah, it's about it's about understanding zones, and that's what you know I love about you know um, Tony Ball and uh, Coach John Easton when I was there at Georgia. You know they did a great job of teaching coverages. The same thing I do with my receivers now. You know I'm looking I'm, I, I I have my quarterbacks and my receivers in meetings, and I tell them hey, guys, this is what the quarterback sees, so we have to understand where the windows are. Um, and they did a great job of teaching that to us, you know, when I was at Georgia, you know, understanding, all right, they play in zone, so where, do, where are the windows in zone? You know, where do we need to sit it down? When, when do we need to keep running? Um, so, you know, and Mike Leach's offense, like you say, it's not complicated, but it's just understanding the offense. And I think after a while, this is first year, so I'm not going to harp on that, but after giving about two years and, you know, those guys are in the system long enough, I think they'll figure it out. So, but like you said, it's just about finding those zones and picking apart the zone and stuff like that. I don't want to do it against us. But, no, no, know, no. Moving forward, <laughs> moving and, forward, you know, that that's one thing that, that, that those receivers have to understand and, and they'll get, it, you know, it all it does is take time when, when they fully start to understand the offense and really figure out what coach wants. I think they'll figure it out and they'll be fine. Yeah. And they, they will be. And I mean, it's going to, it's going to take this entire season to, to figure out what, you know, how to read that stuff. They're going to get a little bit better each week. They're going to be a little bit more pesky each week. Um, they just got to figure out again, they just got to figure out what works for them and, and how they can, how they can go. And, you know, 
and what he can do to get his guys in uh, in the system. But he'll be fine. I think a lot of people are panicking on him, saying he's a bust, and, and that's not true. He, he, everywhere he takes over, it's usually rough the first season, uh, mm-hmm. no matter where he goes. Texas Tech, it was brutal. Washington State, I think he went 2-10 and ten his first year. Uh, but then he figured it out. Then he started winning 8-9, 10-ball games a year, and then when he had Gardner Minshew, he was one win away from winning the division and, and representing – the the Pac-12 North in the in the championship game. Uh, they I think they lost to um, they lost to Washington. Uh, that would have uh, and and that if they beat Washington because they beat Oregon earlier in the year. So if they earlier in the mm-hmm. season. So if they would have beat Washington in the Apple Cup, then they would have uh, they would have gone to the Pac-12 championship. But that broke the tie. That loss broke the tie and sent Oregon uh, to the Pac-12 championship game that season. And um, you know you know what happened there. So. Um, so yeah, he's going to have to, he's going to have to just stay patient. State fans are going to have to stay patient. Um, you know, Ole, Ole Miss is going to get you this year. That's just, <laughs> that's just going to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, but they'll figure it out. Uh, and, and their defense will, their defense is pretty pesky. So they'll, they'll figure it out. Um, and they'll get, they'll get more guys in there and they'll get in and, and they'll be good. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking, you know, let's look at this 25 point spread. You know, what, you know, with all the COVID issues, I think that's why the spread is is, is where it's at because they are dealing with some COVID issues. They are dealing with uh, with a short roster uh, because of contact tracing and guys with COVID and stuff like that. Uh, they, I think, they're currently sitting with sixty four guys on the roster, so their depth isn't you know isn't even close to to where it should be. So I, I think it's uh, you know I think that's a contributing factor is as to why I like uh, Georgia in this game uh, minus twenty five. Um, I, I'm, I'm thinking more 14 to 20, um, just because we got a new quarterback as well. Um, now that's not saying we can't hit it on all cylinders, you know, and get rolling, you know, but, um, with, a, with a new quarterback coming in and, um, just, I'm just, just trying to see what our defense is going to do against the passing attack. Um, so I'm thinking maybe 14 to 20, um, point, point win. Um, if, even if we, we win by one point, I'll still be happy, you know, so. Um, just just finding a way, just finding a way to make our guys, just building some confidence, pretty much making our guys comfortable during the game, uh, making sure everybody knows their assignment alignment. Um, so I'm thinking maybe 14 to 20, and that 25 would be real surprising. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're right on that too. I think, but uh, you know, I, I think our defense will chip in um, with a score. I think special teams could could chip in with a score uh, on a return or something like that, and then. Um, you know, I I think we'll somehow figure out a way to cover this twenty five point spread. It it might be, you know, midway through the fourth quarter, we might be going, oh boy. But uh, <laughs> it, it it's going to kind of go the way that that the Arkansas game went, where the first half is sort of ugly, and then you you see an explosion there in the third quarter of of points, mm-hmm. and then that's going to kind of carry the carry the game, and and so I think that's kind of where Georgia's going to going to separate. I think so too. Um, you know, it's, it's just we're, we're just gonna wait and see. Um, I'm excited about the uh, the JT Daniels show. I, I really am. Um, I see a lot of people are are excited as well. But you know, for him, for him, I, I hope he has success and hope people understand that it's a process. You know, he, he's planning at Mississippi State. You know, um, who, who's a little bit down this year, but there's but a really good football team and. Hope he has success, and I hope people start to understand, you know, how football really works. You know, you can't just throw a guy out there 
all of a sudden and he just lights it up. You know, there's a process that goes along with this. And I think he's carried himself um, in a manner to where he's getting better each week. Um, you know, um, hopefully that knee doesn't, doesn't wear him down or he thinks about that. I think hopefully he just goes out there and play football and we come out with a W on Saturday. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. All right, so uh, that that's going to do it for uh, for that game. But there's some other exciting games going on around the conference as we make our SEC picks today. Um, one of the games that is postponed due to contact tracing was one that I was extremely excited to, to watch outside of our game, which was the Ole Miss A&M game. Uh, Ole Miss probably sitting at 3-4, and four, probably one of the best 3-4 and four teams in the country. Um, completely one-dimensional, but extremely exciting to watch on on offense uh, we, we can get into them uh in the in the future uh, but the first game uh 11 a.m kick uh here in uh, the central time noon noon kick uh, in in your time zone israel uh florida taking on vandy florida's 31 and a half point favorites i'm buying that spread uh because florida's so explosive and vandy at this point is just in the tank uh, Ken Seals, uh, I'm I'm starting to become more and more of a fan of his uh, true freshman quarterback at Vandy, but I just don't think he has enough in the tank to uh, to to cover the spread for for the doors. Yeah, I, I think uh, Vandy Vandy's going to play hard, and that, and that's one thing that they always do. They're going to play hard. They're not going to quit. Um, but I think Florida just has too many playmakers. I mean, you look at Kyle Trask, and he is lighting it up. He he is. Uh-huh. If not going to be he, the front runner for the Heisman, you know, right now just the numbers that he's putting up and the confidence that he has right now, and I mean, you can't stop. You got Grimes, you got uh, Kyle, you got uh, Tony. I mean, those guys are just lighting up, and they're starting to find a run game now too, which is which is also making them deadly. So, I, yeah. I'm buying that one as well. Um, I think they just outman Vandy, and that game's over um, the uh, middle of the third. Um, beginning of the fourth and they start rolling uh, some young guys in there. I'm interested to see how Emory Jones um, does too because, I mean, he's come in at times and he's looked really good too. I know they've built some packages for him um, throughout each game. So um, I'm interested to see how he does as well. So I'm buying that one, uh, that 31-point spread. Yeah, they just overwhelm you. But uh, the next game uh, at the same time, noon uh, from Fayetteville, Arkansas. That game will actually be 11 a.m. Uh, local time uh, for uh, for Arkansas. They host the LSU Tigers. Uh, go Tigers! Who are uh, struggling. Uh, but that game is, you know, last year, if you were to look at this spread, that was probably a 38-point spread. This year, it is a spread that's barely in favor of LSU, uh, mostly because of covid um, otherwise, it would be favored in the other direction. I'm taking Arkansas to cover this game. They're just they're just so physical, man. They they get after you. Uh, the 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 Traylons, they uh, you know Smith and, and Burks, they get after you. Felipe's playing some pretty good football right now. And and what really impressed me is is Arkansas had a chance in that second quarter last week against Florida to lay down and and, and lose 63 to 14, but they didn't. And and they fought the entire way. They put up 35 points on the Gators. They made it. They made it interesting at times. Uh, but you know, Florida just does what Florida does. They overwhelm you, and they found a run game. So, I like Arkansas to win this game. Uh, I think they're going to do more than cover the two two and a half point spread. I think they're going to win by a touchdown or even two scores. I do too. Uh, Arkansas is playing some inspired football. Um, you know, I saw a snippet from Coach O talking about uh, Coach Pittman. He said the same thing we've been saying. He's turned Arkansas around in just a couple months' time. Um, and I think just the way they're playing right now um, is, is, is amazing. And, you know, like you said earlier, they could have completely laid down against Florida and just, just folded the tent. And last year's team would have done that. 
you know, but they didn't, you know, they, they came back and they kept fighting and they kept fighting and made, and eventually made that a respectable, a respectable ball game. Shoot, it's seven to seven um, at, at, at the end of the first quarter, you know, so Arkansas is not very far away. And I like them against a struggling LSU because LSU can't figure out what they will do defensively or what, what they want to do offensively. So um, I like Arkansas on this one as well. Yeah, it just seems like for LSU, just the loss of Joe Brady just killed them. Um, and Arkansas and Ole Miss are, are personnel-wise um, and offensive scheme-wise are carbon copies of each other because they both run that Art Bryles uh, system. And then uh, Arkansas is showing you what having a real defensive coordinator looks like. And Ole Miss is kind of showing you what having uh, the playmakers that you want uh, looks like too on the offensive side of the ball. So both teams are pretty much carbon copies of each other. It's going to be fun to watch those two teams go through the West. Now, speaking of the West, everybody's trying to be Alabama, right? They're 30-point favorites at home against Kentucky. Kentucky struggling to find a quarterback. Joey Gatewood is just not the answer as of right now. Could be in the future. I don't know. Um, but they're, they're trying to find answers. They're struggling. They're, tr- they're struggling to find playmakers on that side of the ball. Defensively, they're you know they're they're solid uh, for the most part, but you know they they had a lapse last week against Vandy uh, in a victory. They gave up 34 points uh, to a uh, to the bottom of the barrel in uh, in the SEC, Vandy. Um, so until Alabama proves otherwise, even without Jalen Waddle, I think they're going to cover this big spread. Just they you know like Florida, they just overwhelm you, uh, and they can overwhelm you and and, and do it quickly. So uh, give me the tide here. I'm going with the tide as well. I mean, they, they're chopping at the bit right now to get back on the football field too. And you know for a fact that, you know, Nick Saban's got they, their focus and they, and they see they see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and they're putting on a show for that SEC championship game, uh, which right now looks to be in Florida's favor. So um, I think that they're, they're going to cover that spread and, and it's going to get ugly fast. And um, hopefully nobody gets injured during that game. But Alabama's going to pretty much overwhelm Kentucky and he's going to suck the life out of them um, probably by halftime. Cool. So we're both on the tide. Um, in our next game, six p. Uh, it'll be a 7 o'clock game on ESPN from the Plains Jordan Air Stadium. Two teams that were very similar in their trajectory at the beginning of the year, but now trending in, in opposite directions. Tennessee obviously uh, trending in the wrong direction, and Auburn trending in the right direction, sitting at 4-2 and two with a chance to finish out strong. Their playmakers are finally – making plays. Tank Bixby is, is becoming one of the better uh, running backs in this conference. Seth Williams is doing what Seth Williams does. And Bo Nix is actually distributing the ball. Um, and he's doing, he's playing like he should be playing. And, uh, you know, it's resulting in, in Auburn going um, and, and winning some, some ball games. They're 10 and a half point favorites in this one. I like the Tigers, the War Eagle, the Plainsmen, whatever you want to call them, uh, because I, I think right now that they're on a hot streak. You know, Bo Nix is playing some really good football right now. Tank Bigsby somebody you can lean on in the rushing attack. And, and Seth Williams is, you know, I, I said it from the beginning of the year. He is one of the better receivers in this conference. He's one of those guys, big body, plays the ball well in the air, um, and, and just a playmaker. And they're, now they're now what I'm impressed with is they're starting to get the ball to Stove and, and Schwartz. And so I, I think that, you know, Gus Malzahn has found a really good run of football here. They're sitting ranked at twenty at twenty third, um, and they are ten and a half point favorites uh, against Tennessee. I'm taking Auburn. I'm taking Auburn too. Um, the offense is starting to finally click like the defense has all year. So they're they're looking pretty scary right now. I would hate to have to play them later on in the season. I'm glad we played them early when they were struggling. Um, but 
man, that, that offense is looking good. Like you said, Bo Nix is finally starting to distribute the football the way that they, they thought and knew that he could. Um, and, and Seth Williams is just a man. Um, Eli Stove and Swartz, you know, that, that when you got when you have those two guys that help them out and um, you got to attain for them, I mean, that makes your offense that much more deadly. And Tank Bigsby is a man-child. He runs the ball so violently, and I love to watch him run the football. So I'm, ta- I'm, I'm taking taking that one as well because, I mean, that offense, is we, we thought all year that it was going to be really good, and they're finally starting to pick it up. You know, it took them a while to figure it out, but, you know, they look really good right now. Yeah, it was touch and go there for a minute. Um, but speaking of touch and go, our our last game on the slate uh, from Williams Bryce Stadium, the Battle of Columbia. Uh, who would the real Columbia please stand up? Um, Missouri at South Carolina, uh, two teams again uh, sitting with similar records, but you you feel better about one team and and you you don't really about another uh one team fired their head coach this week um uh, South Carolina uh, the start of the Mike Bobo Gamecock era uh begins uh, at home against Missouri Missouri uh with Connor Baslick I think that's how you say his name he's playing some really good football they've had limited opportunities to play all in in general they've only played 5 games sitting at 2 and 3 uh, they're playing some really good football when they actually play uh Larry Roundtree has is, is got 432 yards and four touchdowns in limited games. Um, Missouri, I like them in this battle just because South Carolina's in turmoil, and I hate it for, for Bobo because this is not going to be a true representation of his ability um, as, a, as a coach and as a head coach. But, you know, you have J.C. Horn who who decided to, to step away and opt out. He did the anti-Richard LeCount move. Um, you just have so much distraction around the program at South Carolina. It's, it's going to be tough to really generate much of anything. Uh, there and I'd be surprised if they were even close down the stretch in any game they play in. So I'm taking Missouri. Missouri right now, their the line is six and a half points in favor of Missouri. I'm I'm pretty sure that had to do a lot with what's happening um, in South Carolina. This game would probably be a pick 'em otherwise. So or in South Carolina's favor, but um, I'm taking Missouri. What about you? I'm gonna treat it as a pick 'em as well, and I'm gonna pick South Carolina. I think. I think for the most part, I think Coach Bubba and that staff can get him to play some inspired football. Um, it's just a point of can, can their defense hold up. Um, I think Coach Bubba will have a plan for them offensively that can get the ball rolling. Um, right now, it's just can, can the defense hold for them? You know, can the defense get a couple three and outs, uh, get a couple of big stops, maybe create a couple turnovers too to help the offense out. Um, but I think I think Carolina keeps it close. I think Missouri does win. Don't get me wrong, but I think Carolina can keep it close. Um, for, uh, within that six points, and um, you know we'll, we'll just see how it goes. Because I mean, but yeah. Coach Bubba has a has a has a weird way of getting people inspired. Um, you saw it at Colorado State, mm-hmm. um, and you saw it when when he was at Georgia as well, just getting guys to play for him. Um, and he's a very he, he's a player's coach. So uh, without with all the distractions going on, I think those guys come out and play um, inspired football, and, and you know hope hopefully they, they can make it close. Yeah, hopefully for Coach Bobo's sake, they they can uh, they can not only keep it close but win this thing. So uh, that'll help recruiting. Uh, Harris, the running back, is is almost at a thousand yards. He is the probably uh, one of the uh, one of the bright spots in what is to be a tumultuous season. Shy Smith obviously is is doing what he does, and Connor Hill's been playing quite nice. I wish he'd take care of the ball a little bit better, but uh, this will be an interesting one. So I like um, I can't wait to see kind of how it shakes out. So uh, Israel. That's gonna that's gonna put a bow on this show for us. Um, 
you know, as as we make our SEC picks before I before I leave you, if you are a Georgia basketball fan, uh, then um, well, I, I salute you because it's very difficult to be a Georgia basketball fan uh, when you, when the hundred percent of your tradition uh, lies in one player in Dominique Wilkins. It makes it tough to root for that program, but. Nonetheless, I got a piece of paper. You got a piece of paper that says we finished enough course credit to receive a degree from that <laughs> university. So for that reason and that reason alone, I will support the basketball program and be a fan. Um, and uh, this got the, the program got some really good news uh, last night. Anthony Edwards goes number one overall in the NBA draft to the Minnesota Timberwolves. I don't know if you follow the NBA or not. I don't really. Uh, I, I might start to. Uh, a little bit. It's starting to get a little bit more interesting. I kind of follow it from afar. Uh, But he goes to the Minnesota Timberwolves, number one overall. What are your thoughts on that? Is he a good fit for Minnesota? I think he is. I I watched him play last year, and and that kid has an explosive, an explosiveness that that I hadn't seen in a very long time. Um, So kudos to him. Congratulations to the Georgia basketball uh, team, their coaches, um, and the the faithful uh, basketball fans of Georgia. Um, I know it's been rough uh, being a Georgia basketball fan, but there there is a bright spot, and I think with that happening, um, I think they're going to get a lot a lot more recruits, a lot more a lot more players to come there. Um, yeah, I was going to ask you that that's going. Um, I think coach coach uh, I think I'm saying coach Cream. Yeah, um, yeah, you're doing, right. Is doing a a heck of a job, you know, with with what he has, and you know, getting those guys to come out and play hard. Because if you watch any of their games, they're not out of it. You know, they're, they're just being out, man, just because cause, just because other teams have more firepower. And I think uh-huh. with him going number one overall and a couple of guys that they got coming back and some guys they got coming in, um, I, I think they're I think they're going I think they're going they're going to make something happen. Um, and, you know, just just give him some time. You know, he, he's had, you know, a, a recruiting class that 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 wasn't very good. And I think with um, with him going number one overall, that, that's really going to help the recruiting class at Georgia and Georgia basketball. Is is hopefully going to reach that peak and, and start getting guys at the Kentuckys and everybody else is getting too. So, I mean, who wouldn't want to be a Georgia Bulldog? I mean, let's let's be honest. Yeah, I I, I think you're I think you're crazy uh, to not want to come into a, a a rising program because I mean he's done it at every level. And when we do our, we're not just a football show, uh, Israel. We're gonna we're gonna talk some basketball during basketball season. But um, I, I think if 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 you're looking at it from even from a thirty thousand foot microscope or a thirty five thousand foot lens, you know you're looking at this program like man, they're like one or two pieces away. I could be that piece, uh, and I could go to a great school in, in the SEC and compete with the the Floridas, the Vandys, the the Auburns of of the conference, the Tennessees of the conference, and and we can put Georgia on the map basketball wise. They just produced a number one overall pick, so it's not like NBA scouts are avoiding Athens. You know, you're sitting right there. You know, sixty miles away from Atlanta, there's plenty of talent in Atlanta uh, to choose from. You just got to find the right pieces. And, and Tom Crean's done it before. He did it at Marquette with with Dwayne Wade, uh, and he's done it at Indiana with most notably Victor Oladipo, who's still playing in the NBA as of right now. So, um, I, I think there is some some merit to to what Crean has done. He uh, he tried to take over a, a traditional power in basketball at Indiana. It just didn't quite work out for him. The, the situation wasn't right. Tom Crean is a program builder, and, and, and with Indiana, that's not kind of where they are with their expectations. So that's what kind of why, you know, differences in opinion of what Bobby Knight provided uh, for expectations kind of dictated what Tom Crean's success or definition of success was going to be. So uh, at, at Georgia, your expectations as of right now aren't there 
is Tom Crean's job to build those expectations. And I, I think the first step was taken last night when uh, when Anthony Edwards went number one overall. So I'm um, excited for the program, excited for Tom Crean, excited for Georgia, excited for Anthony Edwards uh, to finally begin his NBA journey uh, with the Minnesota Timberwolves. So uh, kudos to the basketball program, and we'll talk more We'll talk more basketball um, as the football season winds down. And so I look forward to watching it. I never thought I'd say I'd look forward to watching college basketball because um, I'm not really much of a basketball guy um, in general. But So I, I, I'm excited to see what Tom Crean can do. So kudos to them. I am. I'm, I, I'm not a basketball guy. I'm more of a football guy. But I do watch I usually watch it uh, right around January or February whenever the big conferences good conference games going on. I'm a North Carolina fan. I grew up a North Carolina fan. Um, I grew up watching the old highlights of Michael Jordan when when they had uh, who's that? Dakota back then. Who's, who's Michael Jordan? <laughs> you know, man, they, they, I, I just grew up watching, just, <laughs> just watching them just and how they do things. I, I just yeah. love it, you know. Um, so Vince Carter and all those guys playing. Yeah. So, um, But, you know, I, I did go to a couple of Georgia games when I was there. Um, I was there when they won the SEC. Um, so, um, they're, 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 they're a step behind. They, they are. Um, but I, I think with coach cream being there and especially with Edwards going number one, I think, I think the stock just went up on Georgia. Um, so that expectation is going to be a little bit higher. You oh yeah. Know? And, and as a, and as a recruit, you know, that's what you want. You want to be prime time. You know, you want to, you want to be in a conference to where, you know, you're going to be seen. And like you said earlier, scouts are going to Georgia. Scouts are going to Athens, um, to see these guys play. And, um, you know, it's it's just it's just good to see, and um, you know, it's Georgia's all of Georgia sports are going in the right direction. That's great to see, especially from an alumni like you, you and I. Exactly, and you know, NITs are no longer the expectation. It's 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 dance or bust, man, and and that's that's, that's what it. that's what it's got to be. And so, I'm excited to see what the baseball program can do. I'm excited to see what Joni Taylor and the women's basketball program can do, and and to see if gymnastics can get back on on track. I, I told you this is a comprehensive show, Israel. So, um, the golf team with Chris Hack, you know, he he had three guys playing in the Masters. So, if you're a golfer and you're not you're not taking a look at Georgia or uh, and and you should be then shame on you because you you might you might be playing in the Masters in the near future if if, if you wind up at Georgia so uh, exactly a lot of good things for Georgia athletics going on the football team obviously is uh, had a couple disappointing losses but that's the SEC man and and that's how it shakes out and so week in and week out you're going to be tested tested and tested and and, and you got it you got to perform and and everybody can beat everybody and that's that that's the that's the uh, I guess that's the the lesson of, of the day. Everyone can beat everyone. So, um, Israel, before we before we wrap, any uh, any last things you want to leave us with for the uh, no, weekend? Uh, let, let's just like I said last show. You know, everybody just be safe um, with this COVID deal. Um, wear, wear your mask. You know, where, where it's needed, um, and and let's get through this thing. Let, let's hopefully get through this football season um, fully, um, so we can have a national championship on January 11th. No doubt. Yeah, stay safe. Do what you need to do. Um, Thanksgiving, it's going to be uh, it's going to be tempting to to have these large gatherings, but be smart about it. All right, um, and and that just goes beyond uh, the football team, but that's just that's for everybody. So be safe. Uh, the vaccines are starting to kind of roll out a little bit. Tennessee was chosen as one of the four uh, early states for uh, that Pfizer chose for their vaccine that has ninety four percent effectiveness. So um, 
that'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. But yeah, stay safe. And uh, while you're staying safe, listen to our show. You can find us on Apple Podcast, Google Play, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, wherever you can find your uh, podcast. Listen, rate, and subscribe. Uh, give us some feedback on Twitter at Believe in Dogs, uh, at Coach Burton 36, at Troop Star 28. Uh, find us on Instagram. Uh, find me on Instagram. Find us on Facebook. Find Israel on Facebook and Instagram. And uh, just, you know, just give us a listen. You'll uh, you'll enjoy it. We're, we're, uh, we're one of the best dog shows around. Um, I feel safe about saying that. Uh, I'm a little biased, I guess. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, so for that, for Israel, we hope you have a great weekend. And I uh, hope you enjoy the, the nice slate of SEC games, most notably uh, dogs versus dogs. And so uh, with that being said, I'm going to give a nice little hearty go dogs and have a great weekend. Go dogs. Have a great weekend. Be safe. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety minded who watch everyone's backs Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.